0: Welcome to the side hustlepreneur podcast where business faith and inspiration connect to all things side hustle related. My name is Faye aka the side hustlepreneur and I created this platform for everyday individuals like you to learn how to monetize your god-given skills and talents. So gather around turn up the volumes and let's get started. going on side hustle family I am back it is another Wednesday um, but it's the second Wednesday of the month which you guys know it means that we have a guest a woman entrepreneur who is out here killing it and y'all I know I say it every time I'm excited and I'm excited because I feel like the women that come on this like podcast are super dope and they are literally out here killing it. And this one, so I came across her Instagram page and I was like, oh wait, I got to get her on the podcast expeditiously because she is, y'all, she's out here in a field that people like us, and when I say people like us, women of color, we are not highly represented in this arena and in this field, but she is in this field killing it, not with just one store, but with multiple stores. And so today we're talking about franchising, and I'm excited because Chanel's killing it, y'all. All right, I have her on the podcast. She is going to drop the gems, which I already know. Um, but she is out here really, like in this field, crushing it. She has about eight storefronts, if I'm not mistaken, um, in three different uh, under three different brands. And so I'm excited to have her here today to just kind of share her journey about. Um, how she got to where she is, who she is, why she's in the field that she's in, and so on and so forth. And especially as side hustlers, how can we get in this field as well? So Chanel, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the Side Hustlepreneur podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Of course. So, I mean, I'm sure you already heard, um, but I don't introduce people with the bio, So I am going to leave the floor to you to go ahead and let us know, just let us know who you are, what you do, and, you know, share whatever you want to share. So
1: my name is Chanel Grant. I am from the Washington, D.C. area. I originally grew up in Northern Virginia. Um, I went to school at Dominion University and I got started in franchising at the age of 25. We opened our first store in October of 2016. And I'm a mother, I'm a wife, sister. Um, I'm in business with my mom and my sister. Um, So, very family oriented. I love to travel. Um, That is like my number one thing. I feel like I work for travel. It's like what I look forward to. Um, But yeah, that's a little bit about me. So, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Awesome. And second, I absolutely second that traveling. Like, traveling is life. So, working to travel just for the ability to travel and then doing it on your own terms is like amazing. So, with that being said, Before we even jump into the franchising, what were you doing before you stepped into the franchising business?
1: I started in nonprofit field and then very quickly switched over to pharmaceutical sales. And that was where the bulk of my career was spent. And I actually just left my full-time job in May of 21. Oh, wow. So I juggled both um, for quite a while, from 16 to 21, I was juggling both my nine to five and our businesses Um, So, yeah, but it was a career in pharmaceutical sales. Absolutely loved it. I ended my career working for a company called Galderma. I was in dermatology um, sales.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, that's amazing. I was also in nonprofit as well. Um, So completely understand the quickly shifting. Uh, (laughs) Loved it. I
1: I had a passion for it, but I was like, I'm going to have to do this on the side too.
0: Listen. I got goals oh, yeah. and things I want to do. Like, it's, you know, love y'all dearly. And I think we were actually in similar fields with working with young girls. Um, love y'all dearly, you know, but yes, absolutely to, for the, for the life I wanted to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> so my career was actually corporately with an organization called Operation Homefront, it's a Military Nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And that prompted me to start my own nonprofit on the side. Mm-hmm. So I kept that. And then I just left the field of of that as my nine to five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I girls <laughs> say less. I completely understand. So what sparked the interest in being, you know, getting into the franchising field? So
1: surprisingly, I, we kind of like always, I don't know. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur because I watched mm-hmm. my parents be entrepreneurs. And so my mom tells me, I told her when I was like five, that I wanted to work for myself. I was like, i work for anybody so I feel like it was just in my blood Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be Um, but really what sparked it is again watching my parents um, build businesses when I was probably in like middle school high school they built a business that they were actually in the process of becoming a franchisor they were going to franchise it out and so that was kind of like the first I would say um, exposure that I even had to like what franchising was. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents got a divorce; they didn't move forward with all of that. Kind of like put all things business to the side. Fast forward about ten years, we're all on a three-way call: my mom and my sister and I. And we're like, "Oh my gosh! Like being in business as a family was so fun back then. Like let's pick that back up and let's do something." And so we were all again. We're corporate jobs. My sister's in technology. My mom was as well. And then I was in pharma. So we're like, we don't really have the time that it took for my parents to develop their businesses from like the ground up. And so immediately we all were like, okay, let's look at a franchise that like speaks to what we want to bring to the community. And so that was really kind of like the whole evolution of it. But it started when I was much younger and kind of learned about building businesses and what a franchise was. And then we just picked it up several years
0: later no i'm with it i feel like you know i feel like out of the mouth of babes you know you speak things over your life very early you know sometimes you know as adults i mean of course as us adults now and us having kids you know kids say things you know, just like okay cool sure but i think sometimes we're literally speak giving our parents hints like i don't want to work for nobody i'm five and i plan to have a business like it is what it is so it was ingrained in you you know it
1: was it there's another, tells I me and I vaguely remember this, but I was like eight years old and I was like, I want to own a spa. I oh, want it wow. to be a place where people can come. I'm like, what are talking about it? Eight? Like, but I just, I don't know. And then like one day I was sitting there and I'm like looking around, I'm like, oh my God, like this was what I said when I was eight and it's here, it manifested.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. No, God puts things in our hearts at an early age and we don't even realize it. So that's, that's amazing. So your spa, yeah. so- I guess with that being said, can you talk about what franchises you actually own?
1: Yes. So we started in 2015 with Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Mm -hmm. We were actually the first to come to Prince George's County. Um, And that was very intentional. When we moved to Prince George's County, there weren't a lot of healthy food options like in the community. And so we were very intentional about the brands that we brought to the county. Uh, So it was Tropical Smoothie first. We grew to two locations. so from 2016 to 2020, we had one location and then things just kind of took off. <laughs> and in 2020 we opened four locations. Wow, uh, at, in one year it was absolutely crazy. Um, so right now we're at six locations of tropical smoothie and then we pivoted to own uh, massage and facial spa. So essentially what happened is tropical smoothie sold out in our area. And so we're like, okay, well what else are we passionate about? And what else do we want to bring to our community? So we opened our first Hand in Stone in November of 2020. We were the first, again, to Prince George's County. So super proud because my mom is from here. She went to Friendly High School. Like We have a lot of to PG. And so it's important that we're bringing these amazing brands to our community. And then we opened up our second spa in November 21. So lots of growth between 16 and 21. It was, It's all been a blur, but we are currently at eight total locations. And then we have three additional franchise agreements signed with Hand in
0: Stone. Wow. And
1: one additional agreement with the newer brand that we're partnering with vo med spa so it's like
0: (laughs) man (laughs) so basically you guys in the next few years will have a minimum of 12 storefronts
1: by the end of 24 it will be 12 so it's a it's growth yeah
0: that's amazing
1: that we sign actually have like deadlines on them so you gotta yeah you can't really specific ones we have like you can't sit on them like you've gotta pick it up and go Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: amazing. And I think what's most amazing about it is you got your growth picked up during COVID. What do you think attributed to that? Do you think it was like people being at home and just needing something, needing somewhere to go? So
1: it it just so happened, like I'm grateful for God every time I talk about it because the timing of it was just perfect. So Mm -hmm. we were already, all these projects were already in motion. So that was the challenging part. Like Mm -hmm. the year gets started and we're like, oh yeah, we're about to kill it. We're going to open up four businesses and then markets. And we're like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. I mean, this is our sign. We've signed, paid deposit to contractors, like the whole nine. So there, the train had left the station and there was no stopping it. Yeah. Thank God that like the previous year we had had like some permitting delays and, mm-hmm. you know, other just delays where I think in the moment you'd be frustrated with it. And now on the other side, you're like, thank God for those delays because our projects were like, pushed out to kind of when everything, I don't want to say started opening back up because it was like late 2020, Yeah, but it was when at least you weren't shut down. Like we could at least open our doors. Um, And so there was like just such a blessing in the delays that we had like earlier in the projects. But um, yeah, it was not intentional at all. It's just that the train had left the station. We were planning for like a crazy year and then who knew? Who knew
0: it was really going to be crazy, right? (laughs) Who knew? right we make crazy growth yeah. <laughs> not not crazy world <laughs> Okay. No, I completely, that's, no, that's amazing. I think that's amazing to hear about the growth. And then um, one of the things you mentioned is being intentional about where you guys opened up specifically in PG County. Now for me, I'm from PG County. I don't live there anymore, but from PG County. So I'm very familiar with, you know, kind of the food deserts, right? Like they only certain things being brought to the community and um now being in a more diverse community or diverse County, if you will, seeing the access and how much access there are to things I think it's so important that these you know these shops are being brought to the community or having the that our community because we are fluent as well have access to those things so can you talk a little bit about like what was your thought process as far as like picking the locations why were you guys so intentional about it
1: yeah so as I mentioned my mom is from here we lived here um moved here right after college so like 2011 Mm -hmm. I moved to county and immediately like i'm from northern virginia like sterling ashburn leesburg so again very familiar i've we had tropical smoothies robex uh, everything you name it and coffee concepts everything um when i was so when i moved here immediately i was like wait a minute like where do i go get a smoothie where's the bagels like i I still haven't found a bagel shop so somebody got one send it my way yeah you know like it was like, it was lacking, like you said, it was a food desert. It was a service desert. Myself, as a consumer, I was driving all the way to the city. Yeah. I would drive to a an And so we said, instead of, like, complaining about, oh, Prince George's County doesn't have this or part of the solution. Bring those yes. things here. Um, create jobs here in your county. Keep the money in your county. I think that was really big for us is that if we lack the food and we lack the services, then, like myself, you're leaving the county and you're going to spend your money somewhere else yeah and so really just made it a mission to just be a part of the solution rather than complain about what the county doesn't have and so my mom's from here like I said friendly so we're proud or Prince George's proud um, even though I'm not originally from here I'm now resident we bought a home here mm-hmm. um, and so yeah it was just really important to like build up our community like I mentioned but pro- providing jobs is really important for us as well yeah I'm proud of over 150 employees I think that's huge not all of them are in the county but I would say probably about I don't know a lot of them actually probably half more than half are in the county so you know those things are important
0: and that's amazing um just what you mentioned you know keeping the dollars in the community that's big bringing job opportunities, that's huge. And then I think it's also important to note that you're also creating generational wealth for your family, you know, that you, I know you're um, a mom and you work with your mom and your sister, but just knowing that for generations to come, you're laying a foundation, you know, that your daughter and her daughter or her sons, her children, you know, like it, it's a—it's an ongoing cycle that you and your um, your family has planted. And I think that's just, it's very inspirational to to hear about and to see you know um did you guys ever when you were getting started in the franchise is that something that you ever thought about like how this how your growth impacts like the future of not just you but your, you know, generations to come.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, starting out, we, my sister was already a mom. She had two kids, had my daughter in August of 2020, but we knew that like we wanted to develop, we wanted to build wealth for our kids, their kids, kids. Yeah. And not to say that you can't do it just with your corporate job because people do it all day, every day, yeah. but we knew that we had something else. Like we had to invest outside of just our corporate job and able to, in, in order to do that. So that was really like our goal. And then also like similar to what you were saying as far as for other folks, like we have seen so many people come into our stores and are like, oh, you own, like you own this? Like, wow, that's so inspiring. Like I, like, tell me more. So we are constantly mentoring, like aspiring entrepreneurs that look like us and in getting into franchising. And to me, that is like, just, that's amazing. Like if I can have, and we've had people who have sat down with us talk with us and now they own their own business and I'm just like that is that's it right there like that is my business I'm fueled by that I think that's huge that just and now it's just a trickle effect right like they're gonna pay it forward they're gonna do the same others in their community are become are gonna become either franchise owners or just business owners so I think representation is just so critical I'm
0: glad that I'm able to do that in my Yeah. I oh my gosh, I love that. Like I, I love it so much because you touched on so many levels. For somebody to walk into a store, most people, especially in PG County, you just assume like, oh, maybe, you know, someone of another race owns this. But when you see young black women who are owners of the space that you're stepping in, it hits different, you know, because it it helps you realize that you know, you can attain that success too. You can do this too. And then it it creates a dialogue because, and, and I know it's one thing we're going to talk about, but there's a lack of diversity. A lot of, a, you know, a lot of our, you know, our type of people are not in this field. So to be able to see it and to see that you're not just owning one storefront, but you own multiple in different brands. That's amazing. I, I think it's huge.
1: It's funny. A young girl was hired at one of our spas and I hadn't met her yet because our manager hired her. So then I came in one day and she was like, oh my gosh, I thought you were gonna be old. Like, you're the owner, and I was like, "Yes." Like, and I wasn't offended at all, but I knew exactly. What and yeah, she just did not like. And she's like, "I didn't think you were gonna look like this." Yeah. And I'm saying is like, maybe she didn't think I was gonna be a woman. Maybe she didn't think I was gonna be this young. Um, that maybe she, you know all of all these of different it. things, and like even outside of even being like representation to like other adults, it's almost like even she was a younger girl, yeah. so it's like in her mind things have kind of shifted. Like, wait she's 32 and she's doing what? Like, okay. Like it kind of changes things. So I just, it's so critical that I think we share our story, which is why I'm like, yes, yes. And yes, I will be (laughs) on this. Share what the opportunity that franchising brings. I think it's just critical. Yeah.
0: And so even with that being said, of course, this is the Side hustlepreneur Podcast. So a lot of people are, you know, they are still working their nine to five and you talked about um, building this while you were still in corporate. So that lets me know we can do franchising as a side hustle.
1: Very much so can. I think you have to write brand. Um, but absolutely at five years, my sister still works her nine to five. So let's just talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, she has a, like, you know, a timeline when she may step away, but like still full time in her business, nine to five. My mom, was actually the first to leave her job, but she juggled both for two to three years. Yeah. So it's very much so doable.
0: I love that. Now, how did you decide, you mentioned something about, it depends on what brand you work with. So how did you personally decide what brand to work with and what do you look for when you're actually trying to pick a company? So this is my favorite question, okay?
1: <laughs> Reason being is that this, I personally feel like this is the most important part. It's like picking the right partner.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know how to mm-hmm. get- Yep, yeah.
1: it just determines everything so um like sometimes I'll mentor folks who are like oh I found this like new brand I'm like no 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 wait (laughs) like one of our biggest um qualifiers for a brand is like number one or number two in their industry category so like when you and it depends geographically as well because if you think smoothies and you're on the west coast you think jamba juice but Mm -hmm. if you're on the east coast you think smoothie king or you think Tropical smoothie right. or something along those lines. But like, that's our qualifier is, like, number one or number two in that industry category.
0: Yeah.
1: When you think massages, it's massage and begin as hand and stone. There's a bunch of other ones underneath there. But, personally, for our investment strategy, we don't go beyond, like, number two. Um, now, when it comes to VO Med spa. that's an entire – it's an emerging industry in general. Mm-hmm. So, in that case, there's not really – one brand that's made like a big splash yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's emerging so we um, the way we choose every brand is obviously leadership we want to look at you know who is leading the brand what's their strategy what's their vision for the company um, we look at what kind of support they're going to provide we always call other owners that are already in the brand to get their testimony um, get their feedback see kind of what their experience has been like but there we do a quite a bit of due diligence for probably about several months to a This new brand that we just signed with, we've been talking to them for a year before we signed and moved forward. So I think sometimes people get really excited and they're just like, oh my God, I want to do this. And they like sign some random brand. It's like, slow down. You're going to a lot of your money um, in this. You're signing on leases, taking loans out. Like you have to make sure that you're with a brand that is solid. You're going to get the proper support for you to be successful. So those are the things that we look for. And then, can other people validate it? Like they can tell you what, like the average unit volume, meaning like you know the average revenue of stores. But like, talk to owners. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, You know, like what does it really look like?
0: That's how. Okay, so that means one, we can start it as a side hustle. Two, don't just find a place and say like, oh yeah, this one looks cool, and jump right into it. And then
1: they'll call me after they sign. Dang, girl! You should have called me that a week ago.
0: Like I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I kind of, I kind of con- uh, compare it to like building like a side hustle, right? Like somebody will be like, "Oh, well, I love it," so other people would love it. And it's like, but did you validate the idea? Did you validate if anybody else would actually if this is like worth you know your time and investment? So it, it's pretty similar in that sense. But with that being sure. with that being said, as well though. Um, what would you say is like a overview, like walkthrough of getting started in the franchising industry? Is it just like, okay, do your research, get in, you know, find a thing, attend some type of seminar and put your money down or like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So I always. Like my favorite quote to say start before you're ready. So even if you're not ready to write a check tomorrow, like get started on the research process because there's over eight hundred thousand franchise brands. Like that is so many to sift through. So I think like the first step would be honing in on like what industry are you looking to go after? Mm-hmm. And then top brands in that industry. I personally like to look at all of the brands, even if they're like top or not, like still just research everything. Yeah to get a really good idea. So I think like research is the first part. Find a mentor, align with someone who's already doing it think that's huge. Um, like I said, we're happy to always mentor folks. Um, we do ment- free mentoring calls as well. Uh, you know, so kind of, I would say like find someone who you can align with, or maybe it's a consultant or something so that you can make sure that you're making like the right decisions on a brand um, or just best prepared. Of course, there is financing component. So even if you're a year or two years out, start getting your credit together, start saving, you know, so there's like so many things that you can kind of be doing behind the scenes before you're at that place of signing a franchise agreement and writing a check. But I definitely think like that research and that education is
0: huge. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You touched on one thing that I feel like deters a lot of people from even thinking about franchising, which is the finances. So when you, you, you mentioned something where you said like, you know, even if you're one to two years out, like start getting prepared. Did you guys have an ample amount of savings? Um you know, to start your first franchise or is there like a financing that's available? What, what does the financing aspect look like?
1: Yeah, I feel like financing is the most taunting part mm. for everyone or like, part, I guess, but it's just really, it is and it isn't like, I think, um, there's just so many avenues. There's so many ways to get creative with financing. Um, typically lenders are looking for like 10 to 20% down. Most, I think everybody should just plan for 20% down. Yeah. That's the easy way. And there's some projects, like our tropical smoothie when we first built it, it was a while ago now, but it was under $300,000. Oh, wow. So if you think about 20% of that, and it's three of us, yeah. that that's attainable. Yeah. That's very much so attainable. And um, SBA financing, there's local lenders. There, We even got financing from the county, um, and the city of Bowie had some money to help develop businesses in there in the county and in the city so there's just so many um, opportunities I would say like someone once told me like find the deal and then the money will come and like that's now the way I like live my life like I look at wild deals now that are like multi-million dollars and I'm like I don't care I'm gonna find a good deal and the money is gonna come like I just live my life that way now because it's so true like if you have a good brand um, a reputable brand a great site, like all of these different things, like lenders will lend to you and your credit is right. You know, you have to have all of those things in, in place. Sometimes with your first deal, you do need collateral down and different things like that. So if you own a home, you may have to put that as collateral. So there's some, there's some challenges with like your first deal, but I always say that the hardest deal is your first deal. Yeah. And then once you get past that, you can prove yourself. Um, financing is no longer uh, a challenge. So you just have to push through the no's that you'll hear. We heard no from like seven different lenders on our first store. We actually keep them in a folder in our email box. We're like, we want to just like send them our Forbes Right, of whenever. course. <laughs> I know you said no, like, but we did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made it happen. So, um, but you just have to push past that. But I don't think financing should be um, a deterrent. Like it's the money's out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you said that, like the money's out there. You just have to look at it. And I, I believe you said something um, before or something that I've read that you said constantly is like leap in the net will pay uh, appear. And, um, you know, I think that just speaks to your confidence. Right. Like it's like that first one is hard, but. You guys pushed through, you persevered, and you see the you see the results of that. You see the fruit of oh, yeah. your work, you know, and now you guys are gone from one to essentially twelve. And so you're able to be like, okay, somebody says no, next worked. We're confident. We know we know what we're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that did not come without obviously challenges, some tears. Yeah. Like we were just, what's happening? <laughs> but you push past, you get through it, and here you are. Um, so yeah, I just think it's so, we like to share that as well yeah. because it, it is going to happen. You're not going to hear yes from every lender that you go to. So I think like knowing we heard, we counted seven is probably could have been more, yeah. um, but that, that first deal was tough to get done, but it got done. And as you mentioned, like it's less of my confidence and more of my confidence in God because Period. I'm like, it did not bring up Cause at one point we had a lease signed. The franchise agreement was signed, and then that's when we heard no from the lender, and we were like, "Hold up, wow. like, we, no, 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 you did not Don't bring worry. us like this far, yeah, for the I already know, like this is this has to be for the testimony yeah. because there's no way we would be this deep, like we signed a ten year lease, and then the bank said no, so it's like, oh, wow, okay, wow, yeah. <laughs> So that changed the game for me, even how I move in business now.
0: Keep going from that. completely agree. I think yes, confidence it. in God, you know, I always love that. I love the fact that everyone I interview, you know, believes in God and Jesus Christ to be, you know, specific. Um, and, you know, everyone references, you know, everyone references their, their, their faith, you know what I mean? And that how their faith is tied to the success of their business. And I feel like that is a huge part of, you know, this to be able to see the success of business because you will have sometimes, like you said, those challenges where you guys are at the you think you're at the end of the road and it's like, all right, we're here, we made it. And it's like mm. Let's reel it in real quick, you know? <laughs> oh, this is, not,
1: this is not us. There's stories for days of how he just pulls up all the time. Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely a faith walk when you're an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. And now let's talk a little bit about marketing because you're in this you know, essentially you're under these brands. It's not like you're necessarily starting from scratch with, you know, a business that's not known. So do you feel like when it comes to like opening day and just like maintaining the success of the business, are you guys heavily reliant on like the brand name or do you find yourself still having to, market your business and reach out to like your ideal clientele. So
1: that's really the blessing of being in a franchise and especially choosing like a strong brand. I remember the day that we Mm -hmm. opened our first tropical smoothie, we had a line like wrapped around like the corner because it was like people already knew what tropical smoothie was. So that's really what you're What you write that check for is that, you know, that brand recognition. So we're grateful for that. We've honestly done very little, like, additional marketing for our stores. Um, Of course, local things, like we do fundraisers with schools, and we're involved in the community heavily. But that's kind of, like, the extent of our um, marketing is just being involved in the community like our local community for that for the hand and stone same thing I mean this our first spa opened so strong in the pandemic uh, but again yeah. we had surrounding spas in Annapolis and uh, Alexandria so folks already knew what hand and stone was and so that's always been our like that's why we love franchising it's literally open yeah. people know who you are you don't have to go around and educate the masses on what you do or who you are it's already kind of been so that's really the blessing of franchising
0: i love that because essentially you're like well i don't have to necessarily you don't have you don't have to necessarily prove much except i guess good customer service, yeah. right? Which, you know, leads me to that question. You know, you open up these businesses, you talked about having about 150 employees across the board. How do you manage everybody? Do you have an operations director? How are you ensuring that the vision that you have for the company is, it's being ran in the direction, you know, ran in the way that you guys actually envisioned So it?
1: we have missions, a mission and then vision. Um, and different values that we've shared with all of our leaders. And so I think that's really important, um, just to, for top down to have, like to share with um, their employees. And then we have so many layers of management. So in our store, there's probably four layers before us, like before it gets to us. So there's just a lot of different layers of leadership in our stores, yeah. same goes in our, um, in our spas as well. So I think, like, just having, like, those layers of management and leadership, and we grew to that. Like, we didn't have that in the beginning. Um, We were, like, we were in the store. We were leadership for a really long time until we get out of our business, which was really important to us because the only way we can continue to grow is if you empower other leaders to, you know, lead the way that you would want the the company to be led. So, um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is just hiring the right people, having that clear mission and vision so that they can run with that.
0: Yeah. I I love that. I think picking, hiring people is always, um, it's always a uh, hit or or miss. Yeah. What Uh, what is it? Hire
1: slow and fire fast is like the motto. Um, Very slow to hire. And we love to promote from within. That's really like our biggest thing. Our Mm multi-unit manager now, she started as a crew member like years ago. And so that's like our our mission as well is to groom, you know, young professionals into their next role as well.
0: Yeah. And speaking of even grooming the young professionals with you being in the community, um, like I said, like, you know, franchising as an African-American, specifically an African-American woman, you don't really see a lot of people like us in this field. So how do you navigate your success knowing that people who look like us are, you know, far in between, you know, events and things like that? Well, just in the space.
1: Um, I think it's, it fuels me so much. Like it is, it has quickly become just my mission to talk about franchising as much as I can to represent yeah. the industry as a young Black entrepreneur. I think it's just so big. I just got back from a conference where there was over 4,600 4, people, and the Black franchisees as well as um, the Black like folks that are like are in within the brands as well. They all fit yeah. in like a little reception room like not a big one like a very small probably the size of like your living room um s yes, wow. but like we all fit in one room to have a happy hour and you know the the conversations that happen in that room it was like like this is this is big like we have we have to make noise about this opportunity because um yeah. like i mentioned there is like it's like less than 10% of like representation um for us like yeah. that's big yet we're spending our money every single day at franchises. Every day. Absolutely. So like we need to be better represented in this industry and it's not going to happen. Yeah. We share more information, um, which is why, like anytime someone reaches out to us, I'm like, we're an open book, like go ahead and ask all the questions you got. Yeah. We do 15 minute calls. So however many questions you get in the 15 yeah. minutes, like go ahead and ask <laughs> everything <laughs> else. Consult. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's important to um, be open, to share, um, and to get out here. So like, I'm even pushing myself beyond my boundaries. Cause like, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to take this speaking engagement or I don't want to mm-hmm. do this that bigger than you. Like get over it. Like yeah. you, you almost have to, because if not you, then who like you.
0: Yeah. And I love that because like you said, like you, you're in the space, right? Like you're there. And there's other people who are sitting on the sideline who they have those, those desires, but they don't know anybody who they could even reach out to where they don't even know where to begin, you know? And so they just kind of let it go to the wayside. And the next thing you know, they're just working at a job that they don't necessarily like, or they don't feel like that opportunity is possible for them because they don't see anyone who looks like them. So it's, it, it really is a blessing. And I'm happy that you're pushing yourself to make yourself, you know, make yourself represented in these, in these spaces because we need you. We need to see your face, girl. We do. Now, <laughs> somebody, so somebody might be listening and they're like getting excited. And they're like, okay, I can do this. I can do this now. That's great. But what do you find are some of the challenges? And you've touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the challenges that you have experienced um, during this journey?
1: Um I was. I mean, I mentioned we had some challenge financing on that first store. Yeah. Um. That quickly was, you know, negated once we got past it. You build relationships in the industry with other lenders, things of that nature. I think hiring was ext- an extreme challenge after the pandemic. We are kind of just now, kind of coming out of that. But that that is what it is. It's it's the nature of the game. You will yeah. have hiring challenges right now what we've done to combat that we hired a recruiter so we have a full-time recruiter on our corporate side who that's all they do all day is they're hiring for um so you know there's challenges that you will come in but there's solutions for all of those things you know I would say if anyone's sitting on the sidelines and like oh I can do this like the only thing you just gotta jump like you said leap and then that will Another one of my favorite quotes is fortune favors the bold. Like you have to just get yeah. out there, start going to any like events. Like we, um, actually the Prince George's County economic development, they're doing like an entire series, uh, education panel on franchising. The next one is on like May 10th. I'm actually speaking at it. Like, start getting in rooms like that. You're local. If you're not local, find some events that yeah. are in your area that have to do with franchising. There's a ton of different shows that go on as well. Um, one of our favorite, which wouldn't be necessarily applicable if you're just getting started, but if you're in it and you want to become like multi-unit, they have the multi-unit franchising conference. There's other like franchising shows, um, that display like all of the brands that are out there. So I would say like, even just starting there, um, it's just a it, that's big, and then start your research. Reach out to the brand that you uh, get involved with, and have a conversation. Yeah. Like I, that's what we did is like start it before we were ready. You start to get that education, like what is needed, what are they looking for, then yeah. you can, a plan. You can go backwards from there. If they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I need you to have a net worth of this and this and this, and you have that, okay, cool. Now you at least know what you need, and you can kind of work from there. But I oh, I think that's important is to get that.
0: That education i can i can definitely see that education is key you mentioned something about net worth though um do you find that when you're getting started in like well when selecting a franchise do you find like the net worth is extremely high um as far as like what brands are looking for in order for you to get into um get a franchise
1: i think it depends um something that i always advise folks to do is if it's your first time out the gate don't pick the you can Mm -hmm. But I would suggest like maybe starting with a brand like how we did with like Tropical Smoothie. It was $300,000 to build. That's a lot easier to finance. Like your 20% is $60,000. You know, like it's like a lot more palatable. The project that we're about to build now, it's a million dollars. So it's like doing three. Yeah. (laughs) Net worth is a whole lot higher. Down payment is a whole lot higher. It's like it's just a higher risk. And so I think if you're just getting started, maybe start. And that's how we kind of like have developed our portfolio. We started where it was a little bit more lower hanging fruit. It was easier to get in. Still a great brand to invest yeah. in. You don't like there are brands that are like, oh, it's only $10,000. Be careful. Like you do get what you pay for as well. So like, you, know, you have to be careful on those. Yeah. Um, but I would say I would suggest that because obviously the net worth requirements for $300,000 is going to be very different than a million and yeah. so, and also partner, like at 25, I did not have any, I don't even know what my net worth was at 25. <laughs> and probably, I don't even know, <laughs> it could have been. but clearly it was not, a lot cause you're 25 and I was just getting, like I was in my career, um, like just getting started. And so obviously I had my mom to lean on as far as like net worth goes and my sister. So all three of us, you're easier, you know, you can easier make it up. But um, I think that's important, too, is if you can't do it alone, find someone that you can align with where your visions are similar or the same, um, and you can partner to get it done. And a lot of other ethnicities, they're doing that. Like, they partner on that first deal. Yes. If, if it's 25 of them in a deal, it don't matter. Like, they're just like, I just want to get in. And then yeah. you can flip out of that um, and then go do your own thing. You don't have to be in partnership with these with whoever you partner with for your first deal for yeah. the rest of Life. It could just be like, let me get my foot in the door, get that knowledge, and I'm gonna do something different.
0: I think what you just mentioned, a lot of ethnicities, community builds, community yeah. build, and you know, partnering is so um, important because if you can't do it by yourself, you go further with people. Oh yeah, and so that 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 is just yeah. You said a whole word there. Now you <laughs> talked about even speaking of building with people. You talked about you know. This is, you have this business with both your mom and your sister. So what's it like building a business with your mom? And what have you learned about building business with the family?
1: So it is amazing. That's actually one of the first questions that like a lot of people ask like, oh my God, doing business with your family. How is it? And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful and blessed to say that we have the most amazing partnership. Everyone does have their own role. And I think that that helps. Yeah. Um, so I'm all things marketing, sales, that is just, that's what I was doing before I left my corporate job. That's my thing. My mom came from a background of like product development. So she's really all things like operations. She can get it from signed franchise agreement to the door, like our grand opening. And then she kind of hands it over to me to be like, go ahead and market it. And then my yeah. sister is all things people. She loves training. She loves development. And so everyone kind of has like their own lanes. Yeah. And I Yeah. That, that helps um and it that's how it's been since day one we're not changing a thing we all do work with like all things like real estate and development we we work yeah. on that together to like find the right real estate but as far as like our day-to-day um roles we all have something separate so i think that that helps Then i honestly don't think i i wouldn't want to do this without them so <laughs> i'm grateful to be in partnership with them We have like really, really big dreams and I'm excited that I get to do it like alongside them. And then of course, like our meetings are fun. Like (laughs) I'm always like, work trips are awesome now. Like I get to do with my mom. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's a blessing really.
0: No, it sounds, it it does sound like it's a blessing and I'm, I'm happy that you, you know, that you guys thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I think that's amazing to be able to be in a business where each of you guys have a different strength but all of your strengths get to come together to build one vision. That's amazing. Um, I talked about that in a couple of podcast episodes ago about just knowing your strength and working in your strength and allowing everyone else to do what they're strong at, because that's how you build, you know, instead of like, it's not like, oh, you're, you're doing sales, but you're also trying to do product development or you're trying to hide, like, you know, you guys know your lane and you guys allow your, each other to thrive in the lane. So that's, That's amazing. But you're also a wife and a mom, um, and you have a beautiful two and a half year old daughter. What is it like building this business that's fast growing while also still trying to maintain or navigate the motherhood journey and the wifehood journey? What does that look like?
1: On the season, <laughs> I will be honest. Like when we're opening a new business, um, like it's it's crazy. It's hard to like kind of balance everything. Yeah, um, but when I started as an entrepreneur, I really wanted to be one so that I could be at every single game or dance recital or whatever. I just did not want someone else controlling my time. That part. So that has been, I mean, that's my motivation. It really is so that I can be home more with Ryan and with my husband and travel and do all of those things. So I guess it's like I said, it depends on the season right now. I'm in a very like. Soft season and I'm I'm just soaking this all up because I just we just talked about it. I got four businesses that are about to open. Yeah. So I think you have to give yourself grace depending on what the season is. Like I already know what's coming at the end of the yeah. year, at the end of Q1 of 2024. Like it's going to be a lot. Um, yeah. But I've had to create like better boundaries. I used to like answer my phone at every like every call I got from work or every text or every email I was on it. And I got, it was probably about a year ago. It was actually last April. I was like, this is not healthy. Like for no. me, you can't always be on. And so now it looks like creating a whole lot of boundaries. I'm like, as long as nothing's burning down, nobody's dying, nobody's sick or something like that, yeah. this, it can wait. I'm at the dinner table with my daughter or I'm at the dinner Absolutely. table with my So it really looked like creating better boundaries. And I think as an entrepreneur, like it's really hard because it's always something going on. But then at the same time, it's always something going on. So if you don't create like when do you get that time to yourself? So I think that's been, this last year has been all about better boundaries. I'm resting more. I take half days. I'm like really like pouring into myself because to be the best leader, of course you got to take care of yourself. You got to, Make sure you're putting that self care first, and um, like I, I clock out at a like a, at a certain time. Fridays I clock out real early. Wednesdays I have a half day, and then every day once I pick up my daughter, I am done. Like you're this done. Is, I got to switch into mommy mode, and I'm eating fake food, and you know all those other yeah. things do as a mom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. no, I, I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly agree with that, and that's why I love that you're talking about, like you know. Yeah, you started off in corporate, but now you're full-time in it and you have that flexibility. You know, with your daughter here, you're able to have those days if you do want to go to a recital or if you guys just want to go do a spa date, you know, or whatever it is, like self-care for you, you know, like all of that, It just accompanies like that freedom, the financial freedom one, but the freedom, the time freedom too. So
1: it's 100% what I was looking for. Like, I love that it's, I don't like I make my own schedule. I do pretty much whatever I need to do, if it's travel, if it's things for Ryan, um, that is really what I was looking for. And I'm grateful that we've been able to achieve that through this.
0: I love that. I love that. Now, as we round up, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And these are just like the quick fire questions. So whatever uh, 30 second answer you have, then you could just go ahead and fire them away. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So What's one character trait you believe is necessary to succeed in this business? Integrity. Mm, do tell. Easy, easy. I mean, there's
1: a, what is that? I don't even know the quote, but like your character and your integrity, like you can be the smartest person in the room, you can have all the money in the world or whatever, but like how you treat people, um, how you carry yourself, like that is what's going to sustain your success always. Um, and so there's, that's the easiest answer I think I could give, um, or, you know, you see people all the time, they obtain all of this success and then, you know, they're making decisions that don't align with their purpose and different, though. That is
0: a word. Looking back on your journey, what's one thing you wish you would have known in the beginning that could have helped you in the early stages slash as you've grown? One thing? I don't know. Um,
1: (laughs) I feel like I wish I would have known that it was going to take a lot like it was it was gonna take time like you know i don't know It's ambitious like 25 year old i was like yep we're gonna get it in five years i'm gonna have this and that hold up slow down like it's gonna things take time great things take time so i think you have to just be patient with yourself and ambitious is really good um of course but it takes time like don't don't rush don't stress yourself out
0: yeah that's that's a a daily reminder right right (laughs) Okay. So what's a tool or resource you swear by that helps you or your business? Well, just like
1: professionally, I love mm-hmm. how I book this. I love podcasting. Like it's mm-hmm. super inspiring for me. Like that's kind of like my, my morning thing. Like I like to listen to podcasts, whether it be like inspirational church, something, um, just to kind of like get me going. Um, another tool is, I can't think of a tool, right. but that's, Like my go-to, I don't know, podcast. Podcast, that works. Audible, I love Audible.
0: What's your favorite? What would you say is one of your favorite books that's helped you with your career journey? So
1: this is a recent book um, that I've read, which is The CEO Does Three Things and changed my mindset on everything. I'm like, I gotta get out of this business. I gotta work on it, not in it. It's people, culture, and numbers. Those are the three things you're supposed to do. So ever since reading that book, I'm like, mind shift, I need to... Like, if you're going to be the CEO, act like it. You can't get it too much, in your business too much, so. The CEO does
0: three things. Okay, I'm going to add that one in the show notes as well. I always love a good book, so. So, final question. For someone who wants to open their own franchise storefront, what would you suggest be their first step?
1: After kind of researching, I would say find a mentor or someone that can kind of help. There's a lot of, like, we made so many Stupid decisions on, like, signing our first lease. Um, just things you didn't know, honestly. Um, so I would say, like, finding someone that can even point you in the direction of the right attorney to use. Um, maybe the right broker to use that can help negotiate these deals. So, yeah, I would say that then, like, just do it. Like this is such an incredible opportunity, the viable opportunity to build generational wealth and so I would just say like go, do it. <laughs> I love like it. reach out to me, I will help, like I said. We have there's a link in my bio where you can book a call with me. Happy to take calls and yeah, help direct you in the right way. I want to see more of us at these conferences and in these rooms.
0: So it's very personal for me. I wholeheartedly agree. Like I said, I'm not a franchise owner, but I would love to see more of us in the space as well. So um, I know you have a course, um and you have like you said the free consultations i'm going to link all of it in the show notes because i do want people to be able to have that easy direct access to be able to reach you because um i like i said what you're doing is amazing i am truly inspired by you and your family and just you know the space that you guys are in and i hope that the foundation that you guys have laid um for other people like us to see it and they be able to not just see it and say, Oh, that's amazing. But to be able to see it and be able to repeat that same thing as well, you know, because like I said, more people, more people need to be in this space. So thank you so much, Chanel. I am so grateful. I mean, I'm so grateful. This has been a great conversation. Um, I hope you guys have been inspired. Honestly, I really do because I don't know about y'all I'm inspired. I hope y'all are inspired. I hope you guys took tips and wrote these notes down and more importantly I hope you put things into action as well but like I said I'm going to link all her information if somebody wants to stay connected with you where can they find you
1: I'm on Instagram it's just chanel.grant and then I'm on LinkedIn as well Um, so either either platform is perfectly fine sounds
0: good all right guys well it's been real until next time toodle Thanks so much for tuning in to the Side Hustlepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to rate and review the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? To keep up with me outside of the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at the Side Hustle podcast, or you can join the Side Hustle family by subscribing to my weekly newsletter at thesidehustlepreneur.com. See you next time.